Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All night. All night long. All night. Yeah. All night long. <laughs> All night long. We got to stay up. They packing Josh McDaniels up. I don't think he ever moved there. Oh, nine. Well, they packing up his office. <laughs> I, I promise you. He can pick his stuff up at the loading dock this morning. They fired him the last night. The key card doesn't come, work. Come get your stuff at the loading dock. The key card don't work. You ain't coming back in the building, bro. Is that how it works? How does that work? I don't know, but that was the story that Gary Kubiak told me once upon a time. How it. he got fired <laughs> oh with the Houston God. Texans. Yeah. They called him after the final game of the season and said, we're relieving you of your responsibilities. Don't worry about packing your office up. We're going to do that for you. Come pick your stuff up from the loading dock between 6 and 8 a.m. Like what are they? That was the story that Gary Kubiak. What is Gary Kubiak gonna do? It's cold, cold blooded, right? Come cold pick your stuff. Blooded. Up. Do, 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 do. I love that there's Give like your key de- card, key card, key Prince card, key debris card. today. <laughs> it is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. She is Michelle, Michelle Smallman. I can't say her name. He is Chris Canty. I, I am Evan you. Cohen. And uh, we are talking about a story that happened in the middle of the night for the second straight night. We saw James Harden go, and he was in attendance last night for the Clippers, by the way. Yeah. We saw James Harden go in the middle of the night a couple of nights ago from Philly to Los Angeles. Last night, we see the Las Vegas Raiders make a move. They finally fire their head coach, Josh McDaniels. They fire their general manager, Dave Ziegler. Uh, 12 head coaches or 12 different people have been a head coach at one point or another for the Raiders over the last 20 years. McDaniels, 3-5 and five in the season, 9-16 and 16 overall in a combined almost two years. He was 11-17 and 17 for a point of comparison in almost two years in Denver. And obviously now... He is not a head coach in the NFL any longer. The Belichick assistants obviously have had a tremendous amount of struggles when it comes to head coaching positions in the NFL. They have been extremely successful in college. Program builders who need time to build a program, the NFL doesn't give you that time. But I'm curious to know the deadline yesterday, the trade deadline. If there was anything that maybe the Raiders could have done that Mark Davis, the owner of the team, would have said, you know what? All right, I'll let you guys stay. Because it's interesting that he let the trade deadline come and go, and maybe they tried to make a deal, and he said, no, I'm not approving that deal. But 4 p.m. Eastern yesterday, they don't make a move. Middle of the night, they do make moves. Well, why would you let people that you don't trust make decisions that impact the future of the franchise? Like if, if it you're happens on the every fence, year in but the if draft. You're, but, if you're on the fe- but if you're on the fence about the head coach af- at the midway point in the season, why would you trust him to make a deal at the I deadline? Ag- I agree with you, but that's why I never have understood why 
that general managers imme- get fired immediately after the draft, and we know they get, they're going to get fired after the draft yeah. because they do all the prep work for the draft. The ownership lets them draft, and then they terminate them. I never get that because of what you just said. It would well, make it puts s- you at a competitive dis- disadvantage if you fire them before the draft. Right. but Because yeah. all the work has already been done. <laughs> but as you said, you don't trust the decision-making of that specific person. But well, the season is already done. I mean, it's a sunk cost the rest of the year for the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, the only, the only benefit you have of firing them is – is you have an opportunity to get a jump on your coaching search, and you can see what your in-house candidate, Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach for the Raiders, is going to be capable of doing. The only thing that I would say to Mark Davis is that if this interim head coach actually has a winning record and takes you to the playoffs after the controversy of firing Josh McDaniels, then why don't you give that guy serious consideration for hiring him? Because that's what Rich Bisaccia did. He went 7-5 and five after the John Gruden scandal broke, and they ended up firing him after five games. If the guy shows you he can do the job with the players on the team and the guys on the team clearly love him, why wouldn't you stay with that? You don't have to go out and hire a name for name's sake. What you need is a really good NFL coach, and proof of concept helps in terms of establishing a level of credibility and currency with the guys in the locker room. If the guys in the locker room don't believe in the people making decisions, if they don't believe their head coach puts them in positions to win each and every week – then you have no chance of being successful. That's where it got to with Josh McDaniels. And Devontae Adams has been sounding alarm going back to the second half of last year. So finally the owner got the notice, he got the memo, and he made the only decision that he could, which is moving on from McDaniels. Absolutely, and I don't know what move could have really been enough for them to change their fortunes or to change Josh McDaniels' fortunes because the results haven't been there from the team as a whole, but this is an offensive guy. And where do they rank? Points per game, 30th. Yards Mm. per game, 31st. Mm. Total QBR, last. Mm. So I don't really know if there was a move out there for the Raiders to come in and and, and And improve them offensively. And here's the other other thing, though. You keep talking about the the Jimmy Garoppolo of it all and how Jimmy G, all he does is win. He he can't win with Josh McDaniels, clearly. He he won in New England. He he won in San Francisco. He's not winning with the Raiders, and Josh McDaniels is an offensive-minded coach. So we can't say that Jimmy G is a winner, and then all of a sudden – the point at Jimmy G as the reason why Josh McDaniels can't have success. It, you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's the coach? Do you think it's the quarterback? It's clear that ownership thinks it's the coach, and that's why Josh McDaniels is gone and Dave Ziegler's out there with him. Well, I think that, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would also add on that maybe ownership thought that they picked the wrong quarterback, hence the general manager gets mm-hmm. bounced too. When I was talking about the trade deadline, I'm saying the other way. I'm saying if you're going to fire your coach – and oh, you don't move, think you're going to pe- get rid of get guys. Rid of get, yeah, rebuild. Yeah. Give that next person that runs a team a treasure chest of picks, of ammo, saying, hey, not only person X, do you have an opportunity to shape this team? We just got you five extra picks over the next three years within the draft. But let's take a step back. So even me as a Pats guy, I want to be, you know, complimentary of McDaniels. There's not, I can't. Like, he did a bad job here. Yeah. But the Raiders organization, CC. What is wrong over the last 20 years with the Raiders organization that, that we have this many head coaches, this many coaching changes, this many quarterbacks? It's not now is McDaniels. The 20 years is not McDaniels. What's wrong with this organization? The fish rots from the head down. Explain. So it's the owner. It has to be the owner. I mean, who else are you going to point to? Who's the one that's empowering all of these people that are in authoritative positions? It's Mark Davis. He's the common denominator. He's the problem, which is why he needs to hire somebody that can save him from himself. 
I floated the idea of bringing in a football czar, somebody that's of the ilk of Bill Parcells, not only a really good head coach, but somebody that has shown in the National Football League that they can have success when they're buying the groceries, when they're running the total football operation. Now, I don't know how many of those coaches are out there, but I was talking with Hembo before the show, and we said it's probably a handful of people in high-level football that you would trust that you would turn over your organization to. Andy Reid would probably be the top guy. Maybe Kyle Shanahan. Maybe Sean McVay. Maybe John Harbaugh. Maybe Jim Harbaugh. But it ain't that many people. Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah. It ain't that many people. But that's the kind of person that you're looking for if you're Mark Davis because you've shown that you do a crap job when you're the one that's actually you know, empowered to go out there and make the decision to hire general managers and head coaches. You can't do the job. So go out there and find somebody that can run your football operation and can find other quality people and put them in decision-making positions where this franchise can get on solid footing. That is the only way forward as far as I see it. Now, the one caveat to that is if Antonio Pierce, my former teammate, the interim head coach, does a good job, if they have a winning record, then you absolutely have to consider AP for the job going into next year. But – This opportunity by firing him before week nine gives you a a competitive edge when it comes to your coaching search. You can now interview college football coaches. Mm -hmm. You you don't have to hide that. You don't have to utilize back channels. You can talk to NFL coaches that aren't employed by clubs anymore right now. You can do those types of things. And I think them putting up the sign that, hey, we're open for business in terms of looking for a head coach – is going to benefit them in the long run, even if it's the owner coming to the decision the wrong way. I think your plan is really smart. My question then becomes the guy hiring the person to to run that plan because that guy also hired John Gruden. And I, I've said it before, the, the scandal that happened with John Gruden. John Gruden, to me, is the most overrated coach we have maybe seen in the last 30 years in the NFL. Okay, As a head coach, I think he's insanely overrated. I know he won a Super Bowl. I think we, on ESPN, gave – not that we were a part of this decision making. <laughs> he had a television show. He had that QB school. It was a great TV show. We got enamored by John Gruden, the QB master. Look at his work with quarterbacks as a head coach in the NFL. Not impressive in any way, shape, or form. Everybody's going to point to Rich Gannon. Look what he did with him. Rich Gannon won MVP and went to a Super Bowl after John Gruden was gone. Let's be clear on that. I'm not saying he didn't help him. John Gruden was great with quarterbacks as an assistant coach. If you look at the line of, of quarterbacks he has as a head coach, not very impressive. That's the guy that Mark Davis gave that 10-year, $100 million deal to. But let's be clear about this. Things were pointed in the right direction with John Gruden out there, right? Mm-hmm. I Vegas. don't agree he with that. He took over but... the first year. They were 4-12. and 12, Second year, 7-9. and nine, Third year, 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the final year, which he got clipped, they were 10-7. and seven. Well, I mean, Versace they, was you, seven and five, right? Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But John Gruden was three and two. They fired him after week five. But I'm just saying they were pointed in the right direction. Yeah. So we don't know how that movie would have ended. We can't yeah, say that it was a failure. He just got fired because the NFL leaked the emails. Or I'm not going to say the NFL, but the emails were, were leaked, leaked yeah. the, that were damning with John so Gruden. And we live in a climate do. where that was unacceptable. That was untenable. So you do trust Davis to hire the czar. You just don't trust Davis to make decisions I, after I, that. Exactly. I trust Davis to hire the czar because that's what they need. I don't trust Davis to hire the head coach and then separately run a general manager search and find the right guy that's going to mesh perfectly with with the head guy that's coaching the team. That's the part that I think gets a little bit sticky with the history of the Las Vegas Raiders. They need to eliminate that. You go out and hire the very best football coach that you also trust with personnel control 
and then let that person go out and find his general manager. Let that person go out and try to build out the scouting department. Mm-hmm. Let that person go out and hire his coaching staff. Don't have ownership involved with any of those decisions. Okay, so you're, wait, the order is important here. I think this is a good lesson for all of us to understand and learn. You were in the game for 11 years. We weren't. So the order of operations, if Chris Canty is advising Mark Davis, he calls at 10.01 Eastern time today. After we're done, he says, CC, I heard the show. Really enjoy on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance. We want Mark Davis to say that. Yes. He says, give me the order of operations. You would say, Mark... Go hire a football czar, whomever that person is. Then let that football czar hire a head coach. Then let that head coach hire a general manager. So three people, order of op, is that right or no? No, no, no. The football czar is the head coach. Okay, so hire a head coach that is the football czar. czar. Let that person hire the general manager. And ultimately, the, the person who's coaching the team is in charge of everything with a general manager that reports directly to that person. No doubt. Not the other way. No. Not hiring a general manager to hire a coach. I mean, listen, it can work a lot of different ways. I think we've seen success with both models. The more conventional way is the general manager hiring the head coach. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that's something that you're going to be able to do because in order to attract the most quality the most quality coaches at the NFL level, you're going to have to give them a carrot, especially with a job like the Las Vegas Raiders because the franchise has been so dysfunctional. I mean, they've been in a cycle of hiring and firing coaches. You're going to have to dangle a carrot. That carrot is, we'll let the head coach control personnel. Mm. So I think it's what they should do anyway, but I think they're going to be forced into that because they're trying to get the very best candidates. So I think that's why you go out and you get the football czar, the head coach, and you let him hire the general manager because that's what you're going to have to do anyway to get the most attractive candidate. You're not, in essence, I'll, I'll put names on it. You're not getting Mike Tomlin by way of John Dorsey, former general manager, hiring him. No. You're getting Mike Tomlin Hell by letting no. him hire John Dorsey. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, got it. Yeah. And Mike, listen, throw the bag at Mike Tomlin. He's not going to try to catch that bag, but no. there's another name to put in there. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Dr. Pepper call in line. What should the Raiders do now? And who's next, by the way? Who's the next coach that gets canned in season? Because now... The floodgates are open. Are the Raiders the only team panicking in the NFL? There may be another one. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... 
your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. It is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You got Packers, Rams this week on ESPN Radio. You also have the World Series on ESPN Radio. Catch all the action. Game number five, Rangers and D-backs. Rangers trying to close it out for their first ever World Series title. Tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're going to get some phone calls in coming up at 888-SAY-ESPN. A lot of people buzzing about the Raiders, their move of firing their head coach, Josh McDaniels, and general manager, Dave Ziegler, middle of the night last night. But... I don't know if I can say quietly with any NFL team, but I'm going to say it this way. Quietly, the Green Bay Packers have lost four games in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay, They've lost games to the Lions. All right, fine. To the Raiders, who obviously are a mess. The Broncos, who have been a mess. And the Vikings, who obviously had their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, go down. In that game, they then pick up Josh Dobbs yesterday. And before the season started, maybe the single worst quote that any executive has given this year. Mark Murphy, the CEO and president of the Green Bay Packers, said, quote, it will probably take at least half a season for the team to know about quarterback Jordan Love. Why he decided (laughs) to put a timeline on Jordan Love publicly is beyond comprehension to me. But they're not very good right now. Jordan Love, best case scenario is he may be good, he may not be good, which we will call Ryan Tannehill, right? That's the Ryan Tannehill syndrome of maybe he's good, maybe he's not good, which means you have nothing. And now it's about time that it's half the season. So based on the, the CEO and president, Smalls, like, we have to make a decision on this guy. But can we, though? No, but th- <laughs> he asked us to. Yeah, and but— I hate that. And he probably regrets making those comments because when he's examining the Jordan Love conundrum, how can you decide whether what you're seeing from him is something that can be improved upon or if this is really him? Because the team as a whole isn't performing great. They're they're obviously not winning games. They're undisciplined. And that's not all on the quarterback. So they're kind of in that really treacherous gray area with Jordan Love where they don't know exactly what they have yet. Yeah, I I don't know about that. I I think it's pretty safe to say that Jordan Love ain't – Ain't all the problems, but he ain't the answer either. And that's the problem where the Green Bay Packers find themselves in. And this is a guy that was supposed to be, you know, a seamless transition from Aaron Rodgers. Now, maybe it wouldn't have resulted in the way of wins on the field, but it didn't take us long to realize that the Packers had a really good one in Aaron Rodgers, even though the team was 6-10 in his first year. And why was that? Because Aaron Rodgers was leaps and bounds ahead of what you would expect from your typical first-year starting quarterback. He had spent several seasons within the organization. It was the same game plan with Jordan Love. And Jordan Love has not been able to give you competent quarterback play, and that's the part that's scary. Not only has the team not had success, it, it, it's about the quarterback not playing well. Think about this, guys. I mean, through week eight, you're talking about a guy that has the fifth worst passer rating on the season. Let me run down the list of quarterbacks who have a worse passer rating than Jordan Love. That should be fun. Jimmy Garoppolo, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones. That's the list. Mac's not on there? Mac's not on there. Wow. That's a big win for yeah, us that, Patriots fans that's today. A big, that's Way to go. A, what? That, that's, yes. that, Congrats. That's, Congrats. A big, that's a big Shots win. I hear what you're saying. But you know the wild part about this is, Smalls? What? I'll take all them quarterbacks over Jordan Love. I'll take all of them Wait right now. I'll take second. all of those quarterbacks Wait over Jordan second. Love right really? now. Really? Right Wait. now. Give if, me I gotta win, if I got to win a game tomorrow. Give me the list again. The list is Jimmy Garoppolo, okay. yeah. Zach Wilson, 
Ryan Tannehill, no. Daniel Jones. You take Daniel Jones over Jordan Love? Right now? Hell yeah. I would. I would. He's not giving you competent quarterback play. Wait, CC. And that's the CC. scary part about it. Is, in your mind, is he the worst starting quarterback in the NFL? When when everybody's healthy, don't you? Let's not use like Jaron Hall and people that are fill in guys, right? Let's use all across the board. The thirty two intended starters are starting that aren't out for the season. Or we have to use the guy. We have to use Kirk Cousins in that. Yeah. Is he the worst starting? Quarterback? He's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. He, he's in the. Con- Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you had Gardner Minshew well, or I Jordan like, Love, or I like Jordan, Gardner I'm Minshew. I'm just asking the question. I take Gardner if you had Minshew. Gardner Minshew or Jordan Love to win a game, who are you taking? You're probably taking Gardner Minshew. But I don't look and at that I as did, a knock. How, well, about, how about Josh Dobbs? It is a knock, though. How about Josh Dobbs? It has to be. That's that's another one. He just moved into the division. I'm sure the Minnesota Vikings feel a lot better about their quarterback situation today than the Green Bay Packers do about Jordan Love. That's a knock on a guy that was a first-round pick four, what, three, four years ago, four years ago. That's a knock on him. He was a first-round pick in 2020. He's got to be better. And the fact that he's not better at this juncture with what they have around him is an indictment on him. And here's the thing. I don't think Green Bay needs to panic because I believe Jordan Love is going to play them into a high draft pick, which will ultimately allow them to take his successor. And keep but, him because financially it's not that high. It's well, it's like seven or Yeah, Jordan Love yeah. can be the bridge to yes. you know the next quarterback. Correct, that, correct. That's fine. But I, I guess the whole point is – I don't think the Packers should panic at all because they've show they they've seen that they've got a head coach that can do a really good job and some creative things when he has a good quarterback. I don't think that's the problem. I think that the quarterback play is the piece that they've got to get right now as they're doing a little bit of a reset. It's a step back. It's not something that they anticipated. But since they find themselves here, it's not a bad place to be, especially given that it's going to be a quarterback-rich draft class in 2024. Joe in North Carolina joins us on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning, Joe. I think you guys need to take a look at uh, Lewis Reddick from ESPN for the GM position for the mm-hmm. Raiders. I mean that is that is a name mindset. that's a name that is certainly should be out there. He has a great pedigree in terms of both as a player but also as an executive. He's not one of these guys that's like, oh, let's hire him off TV. He's probably no, 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 no. He was an executive for a long period of time. The question that I don't know the answer to is there were all kinds of rumors that I have no idea if they were true that it was like Lewis Riddick and Josh McDaniels were thinking about working together potentially. And if that was true, then the Raiders are not going to hire him. <laughs> But I, I, in terms of just the candidate, I love it. Yeah, he deserves consideration for the GM job. But again, I think it's going to come down to who the hell the head coach wants to work with. The head if coach. They're doing the it head, the way you want the head, to do the it. The head the coach right has to be the priority right now, and it's a matter of who the head coach wants to work with. So, if it's a situation where you're trying to go after the the, the person that that has credibility, somebody that you've seen do the job as being a head coach in the National Football League. Wait, stop there. You just put a new category on this. I like this. No first-time coach for the Raiders. I don't think so. I don't think so. There are too many layers to this. The degree of difficulty is so high. The turnover rate at the head coaching spot has been so high. You need somebody that has credibility, somebody that knows the path forward. You don't want somebody to take this job and have a lot of new learning in terms of the role as a head coach. And I'm not taking anything away from any of the candidates that are going to be qualified that are ascending through the coaching ranks. Like both coordinators for the Detroit Lions are going to be hot coaching names. They're going to be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking anything away from Ben Johnson or Aaron Glenn, any of those guys. Well, what I am saying is this. When you're trying to learn that job, 
while you're dealing with the dysfunction that has been the Raiders over the last two decades, I think it's a next-to-impossible task. You need somebody that's already set in that seat, somebody that understands what the job is and knows how to build a program. There are people out there that have done that. The question is, will the Raiders do what it takes to get those people? And for Mark Davis, that means ceding a level of control that's probably going to make any owner blush. It's going to make any owner uncomfortable. So but that's to, where they're at. He has to trust who he hired, though. You have to trust your instincts that you're hiring the right footballs are to then give him control. Because how many times in the NFL have we seen an owner, and I don't know if Mark Davis is to the level of this, but an owner that really is hands-on and that medals have a lot of success. I mean, we talk all the time about Jerry Jones being a main contributing factor to the reason why the Cowboys maybe can't cross that threshold. We saw Dan Snyder be very involved in Washington, and oh. obviously that had many layers to it. But when he was involved in the locker room and the RG3 thing. It just doesn't really work. So Go he, the other way. Go the other way, right? The opposite is success. Clark Hunt, yes. Robert Kraft, the Rooney family. Hire the right people. Yeah, you guys got it. Hire Let the right football people. people make football decisions. Yeah. Seems to work out. Yeah, Absolutely. You guys got it. That's Kimberly A. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, will join us in studio next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Kimberly A. Martin, NFL reporter in studio with us, who had the report of the weekend with the Steelers and the Jaguars. You did. I mean, would you like to tell everybody no, what? I would no, I not. Oh, okay. Not. Oh, okay. Well, you can go look it up on the internet as to what the report uh, was. It was amazing. Iconic. And she, it, it was, was a great game plan, though. Yeah. A great game plan. And it started off that way. And uh, eventually, I just think the Steelers, their defense they just have to be perfect at all times because to offset the fact that they don't have much of an offense. And when, once you lose Kenny Pickett, it was over. So. Well, let's talk about the huge breaking news overnight in the NFL. Yeah. In your mind, covering the league for as long as you have, why is Josh McDaniels no longer the head coach of the Raiders? I mean, we've seen the Raiders on film, on TV. <laughs> yeah. On it. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we've, we've actually we've watched seen the it. No. Um, <laughs> listen, it, after that game, when you have Devontae Adams saying – I have I, I it's better I don't speak now because I'm just so frustrated. I don't even know how to put it into words. When you have Josh Jacobs asked, How do you fix this offense? And he's like, That's above me now. I don't I'm not I'm not a coach. I don't you know, you spent money to get these guys. You had a, a running back who led the league in rushing yards a couple years ago and and they look completely lost as a team. 
and Josh McDaniel. A lot of people wonder, did he deserve to be the head coach to begin with? Mm -hmm. And it hasn't worked. You cannot have Devontae Adams wanting to leave, which he clearly does. Um, So the Raiders, again, hit reset. Yeah, it felt like after that game, Devontae Adams was being held hostage. Our very own Mina Kimes had the tweet free Devontae. Kmart, I want to ask you this question because a couple of weeks ago, people painted Devontae Adams as a villain with his comments yeah. and intimating that his standard was not just wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Does that now, does this now put those in a different light? Does this provide a little more context, a little more color that it was so dysfunctional yeah. that the franchise had to move on from not only the head coach, but the, the general team. manager? Before week nine. I'm surprised that people were taken aback by Devontae's comments because if you spend any time with Devontae, if you ever interview him, talk to him, he is not a selfish guy. Mm -hmm. He is a great team guy. His point was wins and losses matter, but you brought me here to be impactful. Like his game is not I just want to get paid. It's I want to be one of the greats. And so we are not winning. We're not playing well. Like you should be using me more. We should be figuring out ways. You don't. A.J. Brown was like, hey, throw me the ball. Since Jalen Hurts has been doing that more, they seem to be doing (laughs) just fine. Like, when you have weapons, you figure out how to scheme them open and get them the ball. Um, I'm curious with this new regime and what happens going forward. Do they hold on to Devontae? I think if you're the Raiders, you bring in a coach that that says, you know, whether it's going to be Antonio Pierce going forward or not, they've got to make Devontae a focal point. they got to get him the ball. Um, but I wonder if if his time is done because who knows what the regime is going to look like a, a, you know a year from now or six months from now um, and they might decide hey rebuild everything starting with Jimmy G and Devontae so we'll see Kimberly there's been so much churn with the Raiders as far as mm-hmm. the head coaching position when you think about a characteristic or where they should look to find the guy because they have to get it right is there someone in the college ranks or a coordinator is there a, or anyone specific where do you think that they should go Honestly I I don't know because it it reminds me of Sean Payton going to the Broncos where it's like you bring in a head coach who's an offensive minded guy but you're like this is the quarterback you need to make it work If you bring somebody into Vegas it's like Hey, Jimmy's the guy, make it work. Like, I think if you're going to bring in an offensive guy, you got to let him pick whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who's – I'm not saying he's right for the Raiders job, but somebody like Lou Anaruma. Like, I'm just wondering, like, why this man isn't a head coach yet. Um, you see a lot of coaches out there. Eric Bannamy, obviously his name has been tossed around forever. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going to fix the Raiders. I really don't. And I'm hesitant – to even name someone because sometimes it's about the organization and how it's run. Yes. Like not every yes. job, there Great may point. only be 32, but doesn't mean that that's the right one for you. And the way we've seen this organization, like they can't get out of their they, own way. Right. And so I, I don't know if you'd really want, you'd want to go there. I don't but Kimberly, know. That, that's where this is so interesting. And I know it's two different businesses, but Mark Davis, who owns the Raiders has done such an amazing job with the Las Vegas aces. He yeah. was partying with the aces. He's like, see, but, you see how <laughs> this is what winners look like. Right. But he goes out there and he's like, okay, who is the best possible coach I can get? And he spends more money on Becky Hammond than anyone else. And he gets it right. He gets all the players right. The organizational structure feels right. The players appreciate it. The I know culture. It's, yeah, the, it just, it's different businesses, but it's amazing that the same person can do that mm-hmm. and have one so backwards and one so forwards. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, the Josh McDaniels hiring at first surprised me because you talk to people. He is a brilliant offensive mind. 
But that is not just the job of a head coach. And I think him going to Vegas messed up the Patriots and it messed up the Raiders. Like, I, I, I just want Josh McDaniels back in New England. Like, let's get the Patriots figured out. Like, just just it, just everybody hit reset. I don't know. It's, it's not an exact science. It's like picking head coaches sometimes is like drafting quarterbacks. Like, you see intangibles. You see smarts. You see, like, this could be the answer. And then when you see it play out, it's like, ooh, that, that's not the right quarterback for us. That's not the right head coach. So Mark Davis clearly knows how to pick WNBA coaches, not so much <laughs> NFL head coaches. Kmart, I know you don't want to throw out their names or speculate about names, but somebody that everybody is going to look at is Jim Harbaugh with the NCAA investigations, with the recruiting violations, mm-hmm. and now the sign-stealing scandal. This has been somebody that's interviewed for NFL coaching jobs the last couple of cycles. Could you see the Raiders entertaining the idea of going after a name like Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, I could I could see it just because of the name value, almost like Urban Meyer back in Jacksonville, and how did that turn out, right? Um, uh, we what, actually have proof of concept yeah, of Jim not, winning in the NFL. Yeah, no, 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 I don't know if now, like if you're, if you're a player in Vegas right now and you see Jim Harbaugh walking in after everything that's happened in college, it almost feels like, is he just looking for refuge in the NFL as mm. opposed to this guy has shown that he can get you know, one? Yes, he's proven he can win in the NFL, but it, it's been a long time. And the same, the same way we look at coaches, like the game is evolving, offenses are evolving. Like we got to widen the scope a little bit as far as as far as you know, head coaching candidates as well. Kimberly, is Aaron Rodgers going to play football this year? <laughs> Listen, um, <laughs> call me now. If I have that answer, if I have that answer. Listen, I, I don't think this man should. He'll be 40 in December. But I love, as a former psych major undergrad, I love the psychological advantage. Like, think about when you have, when you're diagnosed with illnesses or you have injuries and recovery. The positive mindset is so important. Yeah. So him, even for, not just for himself, but for his team, thinking like, hey, guys, steady this ship. I might be back. We never know. And just watching Aaron Rodgers pregame, talk, like, granted, he's not moving around the pocket, but just him dropping back and throwing the ball, him in shoes right now and sneakers, granted they have little platforms, that's shocking to me. I don't think you rule anything out with Aaron Rodgers. He's definitely one of those guys who is so petty. It's like, oh, you don't think I could do this? What, you know, watch this, like the Usher meme. Um, but I don't. But but I, I don't think he should. Only because for me, the bigger picture for the Jets is next season. You don't know. Maybe they're able to pry Devonte Adams free from Vegas. Maybe Ooh. they're able to get back on the Rogers you know, rollercoaster. You know what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> I, I feel like it's about it's about next year. Um, but looking at the Jets schedule, Zach Wilson and this team, if they continue to if they play better. There's no, there's no doubt that they can still be in contention. Kimberly, and talk with Kimberly A. Martin here on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. You'll catch her on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern. Last thing here, I'm not asking you to report this. I'm asking you to have the conversation of speculation mm-hmm. here. The next head coach that we are going to circle as a potential for in-season coaching change. Now that the, the floodgates have been opened, right? Because everyone else is not first anymore. Yeah. Oh, God. Or give us a few that we could say, it wouldn't shock you, know, you if. I, mm, mm. You know, I don't understand what the Bears are doing, honestly. Um, I'm not saying they're going to fire Eberflus or anything like that, but I just wish I understood if I, I had a clearer vision of what mm-hmm. their long-term plan was. 
Um, it's wild. The Giants have been known to make moves after a year and a half, two years. I don't think. No, 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 no. They're not going to. No, I love Brian Dable. The man just didn't forget how to coach. Um, but even though it felt like it, it on even Sunday. though watching it, um, so watching John Mara and the amount of patience that he has with this situation compared to the patience he had with Joe Judge. Um, and Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. Yeah. That, that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot um, of them now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Does pattern. John Merritt just stand pat and say, you know what? We can't keep having that, that reset button. We have to ride this out. I think they should with Brian Dable. Who else is terrible? Brandon Staley, the Chargers. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. Well, we have she our answer, said, ladies and gentlemen. She said sorry. We have our answer. I'm not saying him. I love Brandon Staley. He's a fantastic guy. No, you don't. I know. No, I do. No. It pains me. I you can do. love him, but not I love do. him as a head coach of the Chargers. Oh, you know what? That defense, the defense being his calling card and oh, the defense bad. looking as bad as it has, like that, yeah, they're going to be Somebody going to put Joey Bosa on a bill. Uh, have y'all seen it? We will see <laughs> Kimberly seen, on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern Joey? Time. Coming up, I'm over it, but first, CeCe has this from Granger. Oh, yes, for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Evan Canty and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. I'm over it with Pat, the producer. People who complain about NIL. Cats. They're the worst. <laughs> Colleges asking for donations after I've already... Greeny is what I'm over, oh. actually. Drake, enough is enough. I think there are too many chips. I'm over it. I'm sick and tired and over it. Yes, it is time for a round of I'm over it. But there's no Pat today. No Pat. 
He's we, really milking this sick thing, oh, isn't he? Two God. days in a row. Yeah, man. Get some, get some fluids, get some emergency, and let's come on and come to work, man. What are we doing? We do hope Pat is okay. Yeah. We know his family listens specifically at this time. Do we think the Costello family is still listening right now no. or because Pat is out no, there? They're out. Not, they're no, they're not listening. They don't they're care out. enough they're about out. us. They just no. care about Pat. They care about Pat. All right, well, I'm gonna. What what an honor for me. I worked 20 some odd years to get to this role, and now I'm Pat Costello's filling. You filling there in you for go. Pat? There filling you go. in for wow. Pat Costello. You got, you got big shoes to fill now. Oh, okay, all yeah. right, here we go. Here, a couple of things for I'm over. I'm over kids eating the candy as they're going on Halloween. And what? that's my kids, by the way, I'm talking to right now. You gotta wait till you get home to eat the candy and let the parents go through it. We get home last night. I empty out my kids' candy. I said to my son, how much did you eat? All I had was empty wrappers here. It's ridiculous. Just wait till you get home, but, kids. But here's the thing. If it's wrapped candy, then why do you have to, why do the kids have to wait for you to sift through it? Do you? Well, you guys it's don't rap, have, it's, it's wrapped candy. Evan. Because you got to put them to sleep at night. They're going to be up all hours of the night. Oh, so you don't want them eating candy on Halloween night. That's I don't want them is. eating too much candy, no. Okay, Evan, well, I, uh, it's Halloween. This is one of the core memories of well, childhood. that's what my wife said. You have to let them eat the candy as they go. This is one of those things you remember as a kid, that you look forward to as a kid. Trick-or-treating, the costume, eating the candy, overindulging in the candy, getting the sugar high. It's worth it for one so night, it's Evan. Not a don't safety, ruin your kids it's not happiness. a safety issue for you with going through the candy. It is both. It's it is both? both. Yeah, it's safety but and... How is it, but, how, but, but I guess my question is, if it's a wrapped candy, then how would you be able to tell different from them that there's something wrong with it? Well, I think that I don't trust a 10 and a 7-year-old knowing okay. the difference fully between wrapped by a company and wrapped by Miss Johnson at the oh, end of the gotcha, block. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? Yeah, but, a, if it, but if it's a fun size Snickers, like the one that you were so gracious enough to bless me with this morning, <laughs> why can't they have this Best. while they're trick-or-treating? By the way, I brought smalls of Twix, too. I already ate half of it. So why, did, why does she get the full-size candy bar and I get I, the fun size, I though? knew that was going to happen. Why, why, but why because did you do that? Because that's what they got. I don't know what I'm you over you do. doing Wait, that. you stole these from your kids? First of all, I'm over people giving out the fun size. You can't complain you get, about you give me up, being nice. You give out the full-size candy bars. And for you, if you're going to give me candy, give me the full-size just like we you didn't gave get Small a full-size the full-size Twix. You gave her the full-size Twix. Because somebody gave us a full-size Twix. We didn't get the full-size Snickers. So you poached them from your Then you go to the store and you buy the full-size Snickers for me. Why do I have to come up on the short end? I knew end? that was going to happen. I, do I look like a fun-size kind of guy? 6'8", <laughs> 350 pounds, screams fun-size to you? You know what? I'm over you right I, now. I, I know that. I'm over you. That you was like what? a soldier boy. You. 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 Your wife and I <laughs> you know don't. I'm over. You. you. Your wife and I have not met yet, but you say all the time, your wife says, maybe don't have the full-size candy bars. So I'm doing for the missus here. You're going to have the half-size. No, my, not, wife, my wife never says that. Tighten up a little no, bit? No, no, never says not have the full. No, no, no. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. That's okay. right. She's either like, you're going to do it and have the full size, or you're not going to do are it we, at all. Are we intimating something measures? here? I was not. Trust me, I'm in no position to do that. Next one here. <laughs> uh, get ready, Javante, for a humble break. Here we go. Um, oh. I'm wow. over long driveways on Halloween. The long oh, driveways. Boy. Here we CC go. CC can Must relate. be nice to CC live in a neighborhood. Can... I live in the city, so I don't, know, I don't know what he's talking I live in the city. That's right. There is no long driveway in New York You live in the city for this part I, of the year. I, I live in the city. I for live this in part New of the year. York. For this part of the year. Come <laughs> long, on, CC. Long driveways. He's telling them on the like, I'm a parking garage guy. <laughs> his neighborhood. Oh, they got we long, get it, Evan. They got you long driveways. We get it. Here's the thing. This New York City enclave. Correct. Again, for this part of the year, I live in the city over here, Mr. 
you know, humble brag. But the long driveway for Halloween, it's like, we just want to get through this. Hurry this up. When you got the long driveway, you're sitting there and you're waiting and I'm with the other parents and it's like, let's go already with this. And you just want to get home. That's the only thing. You just want to get home. So do you have to drive to trick-or-treat in your neighborhood? So uh, there's a specific neighborhood. Uh, uh, the what, manors what are so state? expansive. Yeah. No, states, uh, the acreage. Yeah. No. Acre uh, to acre. We go to exactly, your exactly. No, he, he probably has a personalized golf cart it, it, that it, he, that's he it, drives that's around. It with, with spinners on it Correct. and no, the system. A, yeah, that's in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> The real no, there's a neighborhood near where I live that's like a safer neighborhood. They have sure. cops there, whatever. Like everybody knows yeah, to go yeah, there. Yeah, okay. And some of the driveways are so long that it takes like a good five to ten minutes for them to get from one end to the other end and then get to trick or treating, etc. So a couple of questions there. Yeah. Is the payoff there in terms of the decorations and the kind of candy that those houses hand out? Great point. So here's the thing. This guy can pretend he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he just nailed exactly what it is. The longer driveways have the full-size candy The longer bars. the driveway, the better the candy? Yes. Because they know you're putting That's in work formula. to get to the end result. Yeah. So it's like a Nick Saban process result kind of thing. Sure. It's You have Saban at the end of of it and knowing that the kid went through the process they're mm. going to give them the reward at the end for the end result and there was one house and i didn't go there but i heard other parents saying that the, the driveway is like up a hill that they give the parents candy too if they make it up the hill that's nice. impressive so yes. that, that was a good thing too last halloween related one in terms of i'm over it okay i'm over teenagers and middle school and high schoolers at Halloween. Like, you're not that cool. You don't have to say bro every two seconds. You're not going to get in that much trouble. Just stop it. There's, like, a certain point where, like, the young kids should go in and the older kids show up. And I realized, looking back at that, I'm like, were we ever that as the three of us? And of you know course. what? We were. And we sucked back then. We all, just, everybody goes through an insufferable I know, period like in their so adolescent stage. It's so insufferable. So is this what kids are doing now, the bro? The incessant bros, because I'm not around teenagers, so I don't know what the slang is. Yeah, there's a lot of bro. Lots there's of bro. There's a lot of bro now. Yeah, okay. a lot of bro. I've seen we a lot of bro. And bruh. Like bruh. the B-R-U-H bruh. is in the mix as well. Bruh. All right, last thing, I'm over it. And uh, Kimberly A. Martin, this is not about her. She brought it up, but then had the conversation further. I'm over the conversation comparing Jim Harbaugh and Urban Meyer. Were they both college coaches? Yes. Were they both extremely uh, successful college coaches? Yes. Urban Meyer was a failed NFL head coach in the most glaring of ways. Jim Harbaugh went to a Super Bowl, went to three straight NFC championship games, and was 44-19-1. And And never had a losing season. Never had a losing season. And kind of half left on his own terms. Half on the Niners' terms, half on his terms, was not fully fired. And the reason why he left is because he didn't get along with the general manager, Trent Baalke, who then went on to be the GM at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just ask Jacksonville how that worked out for them. Yeah. So let's, (laughs) let's not compare those two because they're college coaches. If you want to compare Urban Meyer to somebody, compare him to Bobby Petrino. Compare him to Steve Spurrier in the NFL. Compare him to Lou Holtz in the NFL. Compare him even to Nick Saban, who is better than him, in the NFL. Those are fair comps. Jim Harbaugh is more comparable to a Pete Carroll or yeah, Pete Carroll's any, the one. Jimmy Johnson in the sure, NFL, sure. who also coached in college. And I guess the other thing that people will point to is, well, we haven't seen him in the NFL in a decade. The last time he coached was 2014. And to that, I would say, look at how Michigan's football program has evolved. And then also looking at the family. His dad, Jack, was a coach. His brother, John, is the coach of the Baltimore Ravens. You think that Jim Harbaugh is not up with the trends in the yeah. NFL in terms of where football is going? Don't kid yourself, man. This dude is a good football coach no matter what level he's coaching at. 
to me, that's what the Vegas Raiders need to look at. Did we just make Pat Costello replaceable? I mean, that was a good. Ooh. No, 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 we're not. We're not as much of a curmudgeon as Pat, yeah. so we can't do it. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. It's unsportsmanlike uh, on ESPN Radio. Okay. <laughs> this is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.